we think that freedom is something that's important, something that's worth fighting for. Absolutely. I mean, freedom is an American as apple pie is, right? I mean, the United States of America won its freedom from England as a result of the American Revolution in 1776. African Americans won their freedom as a result of the Civil War of the United States in 1861 through 1865. But freedom is not just an American ideal. All people long for freedom. I mean, history records many stories just like the one in our country where people fought for their freedom. Algeria won freedom from France in the Algerian War of 1954 through 62. Angola won freedom from Portugal in the Angolan War of Independence in 1961 through 74. Ireland won freedom from the United Kingdom in the Irish War of Independence in 1919 through 21. Haiti won freedom from France in the Haitian Revolution in 1791 through 1804. Indonesia won freedom from the Netherlands in the Indonesian National Revolution in 1945 through 49. These are just some of the many stories around the world where people have won their freedom. And freedom is obviously important, it's obviously valued by all of mankind. No one wants to be a slave. We want to be free. Well, this morning, I would propose to you that there's an even greater freedom than political freedom. That that you and I could, could lose all the freedoms that we enjoy as citizens of the United States of America, and that we could be subjects of a despotic ruler and still be free because we're citizens of the kingdom of God. That the greater freedom is spiritual freedom. It's a freedom that's not just physical, but spiritual. A freedom that's not just earthly, but heavenly, a freedom that's not just temporary, but eternal, and that we don't have to fight for this freedom. We don't have to take arms and go to war. It's secured for us by the sacrifice of our Savior and King, Jesus Christ. We must simply lay down our lives and surrender to him. And that's the message of this section of Psalm 119 this morning. We're walking through Psalm 119 in a series called People of the Book. This entire psalm is all about the Word of God and loving the Word of God. And it's a Hebrew alphabet poem in which every stanza begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And every uh, first letter of every line begins with a particular letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And this stanza is all about the Hebrew letter Vav here that you see right here before you this morning. And so as we look at this particular stanza this morning, it's all about how we find freedom and how the Word of God gives us this freedom. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'd ask you to stand in honor of God's Word if you're able. We're going to be in Psalm 119 in verse 41. The Word of God says... 
Let your faithful love come to me, Lord, your salvation as you promised. Then I can answer the one who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take the word of truth from my mouth, for I hope in your judgments. I will always obey your instruction forever and ever. I will walk freely in an open place because I study your precepts. I will speak of your decrees before kings and not be ashamed. I delight in your commands, which I love. I will lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and will meditate on your statutes. Thank you. You may be seated. Today I want us to learn about this freedom of salvation and the freedom that we have to follow the Lord. And so the first thing that we see in the stanza this morning is the freedom of salvation. And the salvation of God brings his grace and his mercy into our lives. In verse 41, this is what he's asking of the Lord. Let your faithful love come to me, Lord, your salvation as you promised. And without the salvation of the Lord in our lives, we are totally lost. Several years ago, there was a, a search party for a missing woman. Uh, there was a tour group that was in the country of Iceland, and they were on a bus, and they were going out looking at these volcanoes and, and volcanic canyons and such, and they had made a stop at a rest stop. Everybody go use the restroom. They got back on the bus, and they noticed that one of their one of the tourists was missing, and so they launched a search party, and everybody was out looking for this, this woman that was missing from the party, and they were searching for hours and hours until finally at about 3 o'clock in the morning, they called off the search party because they realized that the person that they were looking for was actually in the search party looking for herself. She had changed clothes at the rest stop, uh, and they, she didn't recognize the description of herself, uh, of the person that was missing. And so, th listen, I mean, you got to be really lost to be searching for yourself, right? But today, I want you to know that if you've not trusted in Jesus to forgive you of your sins then you're the lost person, and you're really lost. That we're totally helpless in our sin, that we're done for, that we are slaves who are condemned in our sin, and the punishment for our sin is hell that is waiting for us because of our sin, and we're totally unable to save ourselves. If God had not loved us, if God had not acted on our behalf, if God had not given his only begotten son, then we'd all be doomed for all of eternity because of our sin. And rightly so. I mean, we, we can't argue that we don't deserve that punishment because the, the wages of our sin is death and we're all guilty of treason against the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we all are guilty, so we are relying upon the grace of God to show us his mercy and his pardon. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still in that place 
of condemnation, in that place where we were separated from God, where we were far from the Lord, in that place, God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus to pay the price for our sin. The great reformer Martin Luther wrote, either sin is with you, lying on your shoulders, or it is lying on Christ, the Lamb of God. Now, if it's lying on your back, then you are lost. But if it is resting on Christ, then you are free and you'll be saved. Now, choose what you want. It really is that simple. If we trust in the sacrificial death of Christ where he took our sin upon himself or we trust in what we do. And so we pray like the psalmist does. May your faithful love also come to me. He's saying, please save me from my sin. And in verse 41, he says, as you have promised, as you've said in your word, and we see the importance of the Word of God in salvation is through the Word that the Holy Spirit convicts us in our hearts of our sin. It's through the Word that we even know of Christ's gracious sacrifice. It's through the Word that we understand salvation through faith in Jesus. We were singing this song as the, as the singers were warming up this morning. Jesus loves me, this I know, because... The Bible tells me so, right? The Bible tells. This is how we know that God loves us. Romans 10, verse 17, Paul says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Jesus, save me, Lord, like you've promised, like you have said in your word. And the psalmist is clinging to that promise. This is a statement that I've made to many people recently that have lost loved ones. And that is if, if they've had faith in Christ, then they are now with God forever. That's what God has promised to them. We're still holding on to that promise, right? It's all about trust and it's all about faith. And for Christians, this is where we live. We are walking by faith and not by sight. Yet our faith is in a God who's faithful and a God who's trustworthy. So there's freedom in trusting in the salvation of Christ. Because he's faithful. I've proclaimed the gospel many times to people with different religious beliefs or, or even no beliefs at all. And they often struggle at this point right here, exactly what we're talking about right now. That there's no certainty for their future. They, they hope that it's all going to work out. They hope that they've done enough good things to earn their spot. They hope that there's no afterlife and no account for the way that they've lived. But they're unsure. They hope. They're always under this cloud of uncertainty. But Christians' hope and faith is in the promises of God. And that's totally different because He is unfailing and He is unchanging. And that gives us freedom. 
That's why he says in verse 42 and 43, then I can answer the one who taunts me because I trust in your word. Never take the word of truth from my mouth because I'm hoping in your judgments. We might face opposition, but our faith is in you, Lord. We may face doubting, but our faith is in you, Lord. We're trusting in your word. And this way of life is different from the world. We're not trusting in our own ability. We're not trusting in our own strength. We're not trusting in our own good deeds. Our faith is in Christ. Our salvation is in Christ, which means that our freedom is in Christ. And so he calls us to this idea of freedom in salvation. The second part of this stanza, he says that we have freedom to follow. So what does that freedom mean? The freedom of salvation. It means that we are now free to follow God. Salvation brings freedom the life of a believer to follow after God. Notice the repetition here throughout the rest of this stanza. The phrase, I will, is repeated over and over in this section. So the psalmist is committing to follow the Lord with his life. Because you are being faithful and your faithful love is coming to me, your salvation as you promised, I I'm trusting in your word. I'm hoping in your judgments. And because of that, he says, I will do this, and I will do this, and I will do this, and I will do this. He has the freedom to follow God. Because of salvation, you're able to obey God like you're supposed to. In verse 44, he says, I will always obey your instruction forever and ever. Now, before we knew Christ... Our hearts were bent on sinning continually. Romans 3, 10 and 11 tells us there's no one who's righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks after God. But when we trust in God for salvation, he puts within us a new heart. And we're born again. And we aren't the same as we were before. And because God has changed our heart, we now desire to obey him. We want to live for him. We, we want to follow after his ordinances. We see the freedom that we have in following Christ. We see the joy that we have in following Christ. We see the fulfillment that we have in following Christ. Most children come to this realization at some point in their lives, and that is that my parents aren't making curfews or rules or restrictions in my life because they hate me and want to make my life miserable, right? I mean, that's usually where they begin. They, they are angry at mom and dad. They think that they're just mean and they just hate me and they want to make my life awful. But at some point, they realize that your parents do this because they love you and because they want what's best for your life. And in the same way, there's joy and there's freedom in following the way of the Lord. And if you are free in Christ, then your desires should change. Sin isn't as appealing as it was before because you see it for what it is. And you realize that it separates you from your God. So are you walking in freedom this morning? 
See, not only do the desires of our heart change, but we're now actually able to serve God because of what Jesus has done. He's released us from the chains of sin. We were captive to sin, but now we're set free. He says there in verse 45, I will walk freely in an open place because I study your precepts. And the image here is of someone who doesn't have a care in the world. Someone who has no guilt. Someone who has no shame. They can walk about freely in an open place with no fear. They're not slinking about in the dark. They're not hiding parts of their life. They have a clear conscience. Walking freely in an open place. No longer bound to the sinful flesh. Jesus says in John 8, 34 through 36, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave doesn't remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. Why is this so? Because of Christ's salvation that he's taught us in his word. He says there, I'm going to walk freely in an open place because I study your precepts. Because my life is matching up with your word. Because I'm walking the walk. Because I'm walking my talk. He says, I will walk freely in an open place unashamed. John 8, verse 31 through 32, Jesus says to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He says, if you continue in my word. So are you walking around with a clear heart and a clear conscience this morning? Or are you hoping that people don't find out about what's really going on in Are you walking in freedom today? You see, he walks at liberty because his sin has been erased. He's been made clean by the shed blood of Christ, and he's declared innocent. Romans 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And so when you are no longer facing the death penalty, you're able to walk in the freedom of Christ. And when you're set free from your sin, you walk with the Lord unashamed. You don't care who knows about it. In verse 46, he says, I will speak of your decrees before kings and not be ashamed. He's now living to God and he's living for God. See, I don't think you seem very excited that you've been set free like you were on death row and you were pardoned like you have been given life instead of death if you're saved this morning then walk in freedom you see because of salvation we love God like we're supposed to 
In verse 47, he says, I delight in your commands, which I love. He loves the word because he understands that it's a good gift that God's given to him. It's God's instruction for him of how to live. It's not some restrictive rule book meant to hamper our lives. It's the words that give us true life. And so he loves this word. He delights in it because it's good. He loves it because it's for his good. And he's responding to God because he's set him free. He says, I love you. I delight in your words. Because of salvation, we worship him like we were created to do. In verse 48, he says, I'm going to lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and will meditate on your statutes. You were made to do this, to love God. Food is made to be eaten. Chairs are made to sit in. Cars are made to drive. People are made to worship God. This is your purpose. And the salvation of Christ enables us to worship God and compels us to worship God. We love him and we worship him because he set us free. We were, we were in chains to pride. We were in chains to lust. We were in chains to envy. We were in chains to greed. We were in chains to all sorts of sin. And he set us free. How do you respond to something like that? You love them with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Because he set us free. Every year on the 4th of July, we roll out the red, white, and blue bunting. We wave our flags. We sing songs. We recount our history to celebrate our freedom. But there's a greater captivity than physical captivity, and that's spiritual captivity. If you have trusted in Christ for salvation, then you're set free. The chains of sin are broken. Death has been defeated. That's why we sing. That's why we worship. That's why we praise him. That's why we adore our God. That's why we love his word. That's why we follow after him with all that we have, because we've been set free. So are you free this morning? There are some here who, if you're really honest in your heart, you know that you're still a slave to sin. And this morning, you can be set free by placing your faith in Jesus, the one who paid the price for your sins on the cross at Calvary. He shed his blood and died there because the wages of your sin is death. He was placed in the grave that was a sign for us. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. He conquered death, the punishment for our sin. He conquered hell, the place of torment and suffering. And he's extending to all who would trust in him by faith, forgiveness and salvation 
freedom today. And that can be experienced in your heart if you'll turn from your sin and call on him today to save you. In a minute, we're going to have a time of response, and there are going to be leaders here across the front. And they're there to talk with you, to pray with you. And if this is a decision that you want to make, I want you to come and to share that with one of these leaders that will be in the front in just a moment. Maybe you're watching online today, and this is a decision that you want to make in your heart. Then I want to encourage you to pick up your cell phone right now and text the word DECIDE to the number 865-234-3241. Let us know that this is something that you want to do in your life, and we'll respond to that and be in touch with you about what it means to know Jesus and to follow after him. Christians, today we've been reminded of how we're set free in Christ. So that means that you are no longer held captive by your sin, that you can live differently through the power of Christ. And so today, will you? That's what he said over and over again in the psalm. I will, I will, I will. Will you? Maybe you want to spend some time here at this altar in prayer or there at your seat in prayer, committing yourself to the Lord to say, I want to walk in freedom today. But however God is speaking to your heart, now's the time for us to be doers of this word and not just hearers only. Let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, thank you that today we have freedom. We have freedom in Jesus. God, that we are no longer bound in the chains of sin and death. God, we have life and liberty today because of Christ. And so, Lord, may we worship you unashamed. May we walk freely in an open place because we study your precepts. God, may we boldly live for you. God, I pray for any that are here that don't know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, that today they would turn from their sin and trust in you as their Savior to redeem them from sin, to redeem them from the chains, or to set them free. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amazing love.